0: Welcome
1: back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast from a bunch of people who used to watch Bills games together in Chicago, (laughs) Illinois. I finally thought about it ahead of time. I I put some thought into it prior to the several seconds before saying it, and I think we got. I think we got it. Sad but true. I'm Lars. Joining us tonight, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is here from Chicago, Illinois, still.
2: Greetings, greetings.
1: Uh, and you heard him already down there in Austin, Texas, Jam and Jeff Day, also with us this evening. Seven and two. And the president of the Bills Backers of Chicago, all the way from Park Ridge, Illinois, Sujit is here tonight.
3: We had some tornadoes rolling through Park Ridge today. Blew the sign off my house, but not the Diggs Allen sign. That stuff stuck to the ground. So we're
1: a little late getting this out, and we've actually received two reviews since our last recording, one of which was uh, very clear that unless we release this on Sunday night, it is, quote, a pointless podcast. So apologies in advance for the 50 pointless minutes that you're about to endure but subscribe if you haven't already. Don't listen to that guy. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your loved one. Tell everybody you know how you found this podcast, gang. We're seven and two. We just dismantled the front runner MVP Russell Wilson and the Seahawks that came with him, and we're in pole position, baby. We're coming mm. after that AFC East. Let's not waste any time. Get right into it. Hey, hey.
0: Hey, hey. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go.
4: Let's go Buffalo. Let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Shout!
1: So as mentioned, 44 to 34 was the final. Although it didn't even feel that close and it's kind of surprising that the Seahawks did manage to get all the way to 34 <clears throat> and uh, another magnificent performance from our quarterback. More on that in a second. Uh, but it wasn't all pretty. Jeff, we'll start with you. We'll have plenty of time to talk about everything there is to be excited about this team and what this win tells us and what we need to be looking forward to as we pull in now to the second half of the season. But before we get there, your Jenny Creamell bummer of Sunday's game. You you know it's
0: a good thing when I'm the first one up. I'm the first one that gets to pick a Jenny Creamale and, and it's still a hard hard to pick one. I think that's that's a pretty good sign i mean, I might be missing something obvious from the game, but um, as far as I can tell we're going we're gonna have to get creative here I think to come up with f- four Jenny Cremail' you're doing a time.
1: magnificent job of stalling for all of us, so keep keep it right on going.
0: I mean this is just straight filibustering right now um, <laughs> as as we're, as we're buying time to, to think through who the Jenny Cremail is uh, I guess I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to somebody on the defense. I mean, I honestly, I mean, the, the offense scored pretty much on every possession. Um, you know, you know what I'm gonna give it to, even though he doesn't really deserve it. It's gonna come up at some point today, because this kid has, for all intents and purposes, I think probably exceeded expectations for what a rookie kicker can do. Hmm. I'm only giving mine to Tyler Bass. He, he, hmm. Again, it's really not not truly deserving. But it's just for. I'm giving him my Jenny Kremel because he just wasn't able to deliver the icing on the of the cake, the cherry on top, that this game would, was deserving of, which was that 61-yarder to end the first half. Yeah. You know, I mean, do we expect a kicker to make a 61-yard field goal? Yes. You know, Cassie, you say yes. I say I but say it's... no. But 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 do we? Do we do we desperately want Tyler Bass, who has the leg, to be able to do it? And do we expect him to be able to make some of those? Yes. And so, you know, he yeah. hasn't yet. He's had a couple of chances on these long ones. So I'll give it to him, even though he otherwise had a good day. But he, well, he and disapp- remember-
3: Remember he was drafted, right? I mean like kickers don't get drafted that often, right? So he's you got to be a special kicker. And his advertisement, you know, was him kicking 60-yard field goals without a without a windup. You know, that he could just sit without running up to the ball, he could just do that. And th- that was what was as advertised, right? He could kick these long long balls and man, I was looking at the that flag, the flags on the goalposts, and they were dead still. Yeah. Josh Allen was joking about how there was zero wind. Um, so if you can't kick in that pos- um, position, it really gets to hey, do you have the mental fortitude? Because we know you have the capability, and maybe that's why he misses those short kicks, right? He misses the short kicks and hits the long ones because he just thinks about it too much, and I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. No one deserves. No one deserves right. a, a Jenny Cremale, uh, and he did make a really clutch <coughs> kick towards the end um, that kind of sealed the game away for us. Um, I think if I have to give it to someone. Um, I have to to give it to a player, and it's really nothing having to do with this game. It's just more um, a general um, a general just stance. And and, and Arnie, I think he was actually a healthy scratch, Harrison Phillips. Um, mm. And the reason why is just because you know I just expected more. I thought with Star going mm-hmm. down, um, we would we would expect you know he we, it was all this promise. He was doing better, and then. You know, we thought as soon as he gets healthy, and I mean, I can't believe that he's not still not healthy. He's had like a very long offseason and lots of time to heal and recover, Uh, and maybe he's just not that. It's just it's more it's a a Jenny Kremel bummer on on me, I guess, for having expecting something from him. But I think everybody thought that he was going to be something special, the next Kyle Williams, if you will. Mostly just because we saw a white you know, meatball. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but anyway, so that I'm, I'm just going to say that I, I feel like when we needed some reinforcements in the D line, um, he was not able to step up. Um, and um, I, I did think it was really interesting um, hearing that the defensive line didn't really substitute much mm-hmm. yeah. uh, during the game. And that maybe that, you know, Oh, really? getting more reps with them together, getting used to playing together was a good thing for them, but um, I don't know how that's sustainable, because I feel like they'll get worn down, but anyways.
1: Cass, coming to you now.
2: Yeah, it's funny, you guys kind of took two that I was playing around with. Uh, the person I may give it to is uh, someone on our defense who, we've given it to him in the past, and I just, he continues to kind of make zero presence or have zero kind of impact on the game. And that would be Trent Murphy. Uh, He he really didn't do much out there, especially in a game that I think everybody was doing something from AJ Klein to even Jerry Hughes to Tredavious White and Micah Hyde and Poyer and kind of everybody was was out there playing. He was kind of silent. And I I just looked up his snap count and he was in the game 45% of the time. So it's not like he didn't really have the chance to make his presence known. Um, so if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna give it to someone, I, I think that's who it's it's gonna have to go to.
0: The long yeah, longtime listeners, the astute listeners, will will notice a very a very subtle word that Cassie <laughs> inserted there. Even even, even Jerry even, even Jerry, Hughes. <laughs> Jerry
1: Hughes has been nothing but steady Eddie for us for the seven years he's been on the roster. Uh, I you know the again kind of at a loss here. If I was to make a joke one, I'd say I'd give it to Bojo because at this point, why are you even on the team? Um, (laughs) We keep talking about what a great year he's having, but he doesn't even qualify for rankings because he doesn't average enough kicks per game, which is awesome, which is great. Uh, But he also did. I think he also booted one into the end zone too. So he's just not that great from. From a short field, so thankfully with with Josh Allen as our quarterback, we go for it on fourth down within sixty yards of the end zone pretty pretty consistently. And if we are going to bring Bojo into punt, he's has got to just have to blast it as hard as he can, which he seems to be pretty good at. But I will
3: say, but that Bojo kick wasn't his fault. He landed that beautifully on the five yard line, and it bounced in the yeah. air. It's just that our recovery team like went after the receiver, there. and it was yeah, it was bad. And he had but, all the air time and everything, so.
1: Also worth mentioning, though, and and I keep – I've been harping on this point in in a couple of varieties on the podcast this season about some of the predictable ups and downs of a Sean McDermott team that we've sort of grown accustomed to now in the four years that he's been in Buffalo. You know, there are going to be games where we get whacked. You know, there's going to be games when his – so-called vaunted defense gives up just a ton of points. And sometimes they strain those together and they just can't get off the field. But it also seems like every year we have to have this game, which is the game where we realize that, huh, when we call an aggressive game plan, the defense plays really well. Yeah. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds is a lot better when we tell him to go attack the quarterback instead of trying to read and react, you know, and I don't know. I, I, The optimist in me says that they are kind of rope-a-doping the league and we're only now in the latter half of the season and they're just not showing all their cards, especially on defense. But I go back to it feels like we have seen this every year where the defense suddenly arrives and it's the day where they just decide to start the aggressive play calling. And this isn't to say that you should expect to see aggressive play calling for the rest of the year, because consistent with this theory, you won't. It'll it'll just it'll it'll just inexplicably go away again. But time and time again, this defense and Tremaine Edmonds in particular are their best when they play aggressive. I mean, like, look how much. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff.
0: No, I was just I was just going to say. I mean. <laughs> The
3: other optimist you
0: could say, Lars, that maybe part of it is that in order to play aggressive, it requires, you know, it requires AJ Klein, and particularly in this instance, it requires him to, you know, to know the def- defense, to know the plays. To, and, and there's, there's maybe there's an argument to be made that I mean, sometimes it's easy to forget this guy was sort of thrusted into the roster on week two you know, mm. in, in, a, in an offseason with no OTAs, and, and, and maybe that during that instance there was more conservative defensive play calling, you know, I don't know, and they're now getting to a point where they feel more confident with some of the more exotic stuff, but, but that's what I was just going to chime in there, Sujit, over to
3: you. I think that there was some, um, so I mean, I do love all the AJ Klein apologists that occur uh, <laughs> this week, you know, and I still don't think that guy is very good at all the things he
1: tried <laughs> no. to do in the previous yeah. weeks. That no is chance, what your happened. eyes did not fool you for for a month right. and a half.
3: What they did was they're like, we got to figure out something that AJ Klein can do. And they're like, wait, can he just Brush the quarterback? Could he just could he just blitz the whole time? Just every every down. Just go at he's our now our new out he's our new Khalil Mack Right? He's just gonna go after the quarterback over and over again. And that's where he was most effective, because he's big enough to kind of muscle around a linebacker or so he's fast enough to muscle around a linebacker. He's big enough to bowl over a running back. Um and I felt like he was very, very effective if not getting to the quarterback, pressuring the quarterback. Um, and you know there was that discussion on WGR about oh is it north south north south but he's not a good east to west guy but I I, I don't I don't know that if it's that I think it's just like hey see quarterback go get quarterback right I think it was like that simple um, it wasn't you know anything anything more than that and so I think that that will be great if that's the, if that's the tool that he is if we don't have a real pass rusher um, outside of Jerry even Jerry Hughes um, <laughs> then. <laughs> Then let let's let add that extra component. Um, I do wonder what happens when you know we need him to play linebacker again, but um, you know a team a team against against a team with like big tight ends or you know et cetera. Um, I mean, so not going to well, take well, what, any
0: well. not going to take anything away from AJ Klein's day, and, and you know maybe somebody will give him their 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 uh, Bat blue. Um, but we did have to get a little bit of a laugh out of the, the two sacks that he got. Um, you know, one. I think he might have touched Russell Wilson's towel. Might have, might have, might have, have. T- <laughs> might have yeah. touched the towel that, that the wind gently blew Russell Wilson over, and he got credit for the sack. And then, and then on the second one, which was a tremendous sort of like um uh, uh like highlight play, but you know he was completely untouched, uncovered, <laughs> and you know clear line. So I got nothing to take away from AJ Klein. He had the stat sheet of all stat sheets, but I think when you for those of us that are watching every play of the game. It wasn't as if his two sacks were because he bulldozed over some, you know, uh, right tackle and made some great play and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah.
1: Point well made. And and I'll remind our listeners here that we are also on social media, predominantly on Twitter. And I want to draw uh, everyone's attention to two tweets from this past week or so uh, that that are are relevant to this conversation that came from our account. One – was something that was put on I, I, in a reply to yards per pass at yards per pass today. Or no, it was Chris Tripasso's friend of the pod, Chris Tripasso. He had put out like the blitz percentages of the Bills. And, and like for most games, it's like 27, 35, 41, 32, 29. Kansas City, 2.5%. Wow. My read on that is yeah, they're waiting for the offseason. They are they are not they were not gonna show them anything in the regular season, knowing that a win is nice, but it's it's ultimately inconsequential. Mm. And that come postseason, they're gonna flip that game plan completely upside down. Again, the optimist in me. Tweet number two was a retweet of something from January twelfth. And we discussed it on the pod. It was a tiered and sort of a bell curve, what it kind of turns out to be, of positional needs. Okay, from we definitely don't need it to we absolutely need it. And we have not discussed this at all. And I'm not hearing Bill's Mafia talk about it, period. But we said it in January. Okay, so they're probably not touching. Quarterback. Nice to have. This was this would have been in the offseason. A safety, maybe D tackle. Would like to have another cornerback, a running back, a tight end, offensive lineman, kicker punter. Funny, we got most of those things. Need to have wide receiver and defensive end. Went out and got Stephon Diggs. Used our first draft pick on a defensive end. Gaping roster hole. Lorax's replacement. Yep. <laughs> we have not talked about that. We keep talking about Milano's missing. What is this defense? We're also missing Lorenzo Alexander. This went out when it was fresh in our minds yeah. because watching this, watching that guy play week after week, it just jumped out, and it was clear we were going to miss him because, man, did that guy make some reliable plays consistently. And we do not have Lorax's replacement on this roster.
3: Yeah, it's a good question. So who is our third linebacker? Right? This is me and Bill were asked the same question. I was like, no, Teron Johnson's a nickel person,
1: you know. Do we just I mean,
3: play so much nickel that we don't have a third linebacker?
1: Probably. I mean, yeah. Delshawn Phillips, maybe. But but no, yeah, it's probably just they're always in nickel or dime.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that, and, and you know, maybe it's chicken or the egg. You know, who, are we in, Are we in nickel all the time because we don't feel confident with, you know, rolling out that? you know, that insert third linebacker that you've certainly never heard of. Um, but no, I think I think it's point well taken, Lars, and uh, we, we probably don't talk about it enough.
1: So that's enough of that. Um, we uh, won the I mean, game 44-34 to 34 against what was meant to be and still talked about as one of the best teams in the NFC, and we beat them handedly. We made their... MVP contending quarterback looked like a rag doll. Our (laughs) offense, granted against a terrible defense, but our offense moved the ball at will against them. Uh, By the way, uh, starting weak side linebacker is Andre Smith. Andre Smith, everybody. (laughs) But it's time to talk now about okay. the Bat Blue MVP, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, up there in Bruce City, USA, not in front of a computer, so we're not going to talk to him yet because he hasn't quite yet figured out how his audio works. Buffalo Bill Nichols is with us. We'll get to him in a second. Suge, starting with you, you're the Bat Blue MVP of today's I mean- game.
3: I have not, you know, it's, it's not game day. It's not after, like you know, a couple. Of, this is my first beer, so I, I, I'm not quite jammed up and ready to go. <laughs> I'm not. I have the the game has not bled back into me the way it normally does during these podcasts where, like, I seriously, like, once you get enough beer in your brain, like, you actually go back to that moment when you were watching the game and all the anger comes back. Um, I don't have that yet, but all I know is that Josh Allen played out of his fucking brain. Um I mean, I don't – I mean, someone had to pick it, right? And, yeah, oh, let's yeah. do two rounds of this, right? But because um, there's enough players to go around, so I'll just take the easy one and pick Josh Allen. I mean – my God, what else do you want this kid? You know, all the heart in the world when you think about the circumstances surrounding with his grandmother and all those other things, that has been talked about a ton. Um, I, I mean, I know that someone should be giving wild card to the uh, Bills Mafia uh, in regards to that, but... Um, you know, it's it's not just the 400 yards. It's the 400 yards with the 80% passing rate or 80% completion percentage or something crazy like that. Yep. Um, you know, plus the three TDs, plus the rushing touchdown. It's, I mean, it was just everything as advertised. And yes, is it a bad defense? But one of the things that when Bill and I were talking about this game afterwards is, dude, how many times have we played a team that yes. we're like, oh, this, they're supposed to have a horrible yes. defense. But, yes. you know, we and we end up stinking it up. We can't even do it against the horrible defense. No, this yes. time We played the horrible defense, and we shellacked them. We didn't beat them. We shellacked them. So, uh, you know, good for Josh for uh, allowing us to do that or facilitating our ability to do that. And good for us for just having a a quarterback that we can just say, you know what? Pete Carroll can be beside himself at the end of a press conference and say uh, – I didn't expect them to completely abandon the run. Like, I mean, who the fuck does that, right? Like, that's essentially what he was saying, and it was amazing to hear that. So that's why uh, Josh Allen gets it.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking about that too because if you want to say, oh, well, the only reason he got 415 yards – is because they played a shitty defense. Well, you know who else played shitty defenses? Literally every Bills team from 2000 to 2020. And you know which of those quarterbacks threw for 415 yards, zero interceptions, three touchdowns, and ran for another? Zero quarterbacks. <laughs> I, was, I was just trying to uh, look up, hence the uh, background audio
0: there that came on, but I was just trying to look up and remind myself how many total interceptions Josh Allen has for the 2020 season thus far. And the answer is five, and at least we know that one of those was the Tyler Croft uh, interception that wasn't in the yeah. in the was that the Titans game, and then uh, and then the other or no excuse me I forget what game that was and then the other was the off the Andre Roberts the first play of the Titans game,
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, right off his chest I can't even recall the other three at the moment. Um, But I guess I just wanted to double down on your point, Suge, where all those numbers that you counted off, um, also chief among them is zero, which is zero interceptions in this game. And then, you know, and and single low single digit interceptions for the whole season.
3: Yeah, I was going to say I um, was I'm looking back at some of the previous Seahawks games um, and, you know, I see uh, Dak Prescott. An elite quarterback, right? Because he was carrying his entire team. He threw for 472 yards, but he threw for three touchdowns and two picks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Um, and his completion percentage was 65%. When Fitz Fitzy was up there, he threw for 315 yards, but zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, I'm trying to think who else here. Um, Arizona, um, you know, they lost to them. But what did uh, our future person, the person that were going up against? Um, Heath had to throw 48 times. He had a 7% completion uh, percentage. Uh, 360 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. So people are doing good, but nobody put up the numbers that Josh Allen did. Nobody put up that level of competence.
0: This is a good no. time to remind ourselves that Josh Allen never had a 300-yard game. Until this season,
4: hmm. and now,
0: and now, I mean, three hundred yards. I mean, it's, it's assuming that there's not you know uh, uh, shitty weather. You know, we're expecting Josh Allen to be what
1: two seventy five plus. Yeah, easy, easy. All right, so uh, Jeff will stay with you because it looks like we've now since lost Billy. We'll stay with you. You're the bad blue of MP- of uh, Sunday's game.
0: I'll just stick with the theme to carry that through and I'll give mine to Stefan Diggs. and you know what what can you say about um, what can you say about Stefan through nine games, he leads the league in receptions, leads the league in yards, I think might lead the league in targets. I'm not sure about that one. Um, and when you think back to what what is the best case scenario when we acquired Stefan Diggs in the offseason for our first round pick? this. You're, yes, yes. You know, like, like this being the best-case scenario. And so, um, you know, his production on the field goes without being said. And then I think the other element that I certainly maybe was a little bit nervous about, you know, it's still early in his, in his career with the Bills, but by all accounts, the guy seems to be a great team player. I think that, you know, when, um, when, uh, when Gabe Davis scored that touchdown— who was mm. the first person there to start that little, like, taking picture celebratory dance? Stephon Diggs. Yes. In the, post, in the post-game, um, you know, emotional scene with Josh Allen when he's talking about his grandmother. Who's the guy yelling, we love you, 17, we got you, baby? Stephon Diggs. And so mm. it's not only the production on the field, which, again, he had 118 yards yesterday, um, but it's also he seems, to be, he seems to be thus far a great teammate and, you know, certainly has that swag um, that this team, you know, needs in certain players. So he's my guy.
1: Does he, does, does it feel like a quiet leading the league in receptions and yards?
0: Yes, because I, you know, it's like, he hasn't had that 170 yard two TD game where there's like the two highlight 60 yard TD bombs. You know, he's just that steady, like even yesterday, 118 yards, longest catch of the day was 25 yards. The thing is, right. you got like, what do you have? Probably like four catches of more than 15 yards, right? Like that type of stat line.
1: But you're yeah, right. But, ag- but agreed. It's, yeah, the explosive play hasn't been there.
3: Yeah, and, and it's especially incredible because he has only 200-yard games. Uh, he has one that was 92 and two other ones that are 48 and 46. Uh, one of them was, was, was a win against the Jets, um, and the – Interesting thing. So it's, he's just he just continues to produce. It's like one of those things where he doesn't have a game where he doesn't produce, um, and so I think just his average stays high. Um, but I mean, that's why I think that one of the things that we're going to have to do in whatever we bet on this week is we gotta we gotta bet on Stefan having a TD. I mean, we started betting on Gabriel Davis and he had three in a row. Granted, most of them were taken back, but hey, oh, um, but um, but but yeah, we gotta we gotta start getting him some I like more touchdowns.
0: You, I like where you're heading.
1: Um,
3: I, I think right, the well, thing is that, you know, let's go, it's let's such go to a, him now. A, yeah, go
1: ahead. Let's go to him now. He's back with us here. And um, are, are you, are you recording your audio, Billy? Okay, good. He's giving the thumbs up. Billy, uh, you you didn't miss much in the Jenny creamale portion, mostly because there's not a whole lot to bitch about. Uh, but there's, there's plenty to talk about from the Bat Blue MVP. So lay it on us, big guy.
4: Yeah, I, I've uh, so Sujit and I talked a, a little bit about this right after the game, and I actually just want to give my um, Labatt Blue MVP to the entire D line. Uh, really hard to single out one guy, but a, as a as a unit, it was just awesome to see them the entire day, just get pressure. Um, I mean, if you know, I watched some of the game again and seeing seeing us collapse the outside of the pocket um every you know almost every single pay every single play we were driving their outside guys back and interestingly um i guess we were throwing in a lot of d uh the d ends coming in and playing uh inside the tackles uh which was an interesting wrinkle that we haven't really um you know implemented into other game plans uh but i just thought they did a tremendous job you know uh uh, much, uh, much aligned, uh, or uh, maligned. What do we say, maligned? Yeah, maligned. Yep. Yeah, much uh, maligned uh, unit that we've uh, we've we've said plenty about. That's been uh, that's been negative. Uh, but I thought they really, really came. They really came out and uh, and showed their best that day. Cass, coming to you now, the bat blue MVP.
2: Yeah, I, I realize I probably could have given this guy my Jenny cremail. Because one thing I was really looking forward to in this game, and I was scared shitless. I thought we were going to get smoked. I had not a ton of confidence going into this game. But I was really looking forward to the performance by DK Metcalf and uh, his buddy uh, uh, Tyler Lockett. But man, did Devious White show up mm. and play and he shut those guys down. His interception was just a thing of beauty. Like, he just saw that ball, made the break on it, and just plucked it out of the air. I mean, that was, <laughs> it was just such a great play. So, yeah, of course, Lebatt Blue player of the game, because I was, I mean, I totally thought DK Metcalf was going to just shred us. And granted, he finished with over 100 yards and a touchdown, but, um, but that kid, he's a, he's a beast. He's, yeah. I don't know how you can stop him. And Trey, <laughs> yeah. Trey figured it out. I mean, some of the catches that he made, Russell Wilson could only put the ball in such a yeah. small spot for it to be a completion because Trey was just draped, legally draped, all over him. So heck of a game. And, and, and that's what you want to see. When you're playing the best wide receiver in the NFL, you want your cornerbacks to step up.
4: Yeah, love when, it, Ka- Cass. I love that when he went down toward the end of the game, I I remember turning to my dad and I was like, "Oh shit, I, I would rather lose this game than to lose Trey for you know any sort of extended period of time."
3: And it, yeah, I mean, there's going to be moments that like even great cornerbacks, right? Like there, he gave up some plays, right? He had a, a long PI, then he had a long uh, reception against him, but. This is one of the best receivers in the NFL. You're supposed to give up some plays. The point is, does it change the course of the game? And does he come back and then continue to make plays afterwards? I mean, it wasn't passes defense that allowed him to make that ridiculous interception. That's the beauty of it. It wasn't even his guy that he was intercepting. It wasn't the guy who he watched Russell Wilson's eyes completely disregarded the person he was supposed to be covering, broke that off and went after someone else's route and just jumped it. And so, I mean, that's what, that's a, what a pro does, right? right? That's reading someone's eyes. You say like, oh, where did that guy come from? Or where was he throwing to? The only person that was there was a, a, um, you know, the opposing receiver. That's
1: what happens when people are really good football players. I seem to recall that the downfield PI was a bit questionable too, but I can't remember clearly enough to say that for certain. I'm sure questionable. Questionable. I thought it was.
4: Yes, it was I like was a lot of hand checking. Yeah, it was like a lot of hand checking. Both the guys were were being handsy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I I am I um on principle I refuse to give it to AJ Klein. I know yeah. we've all kind of danced around yeah. it a little bit, but I, I am with you, Jeff. That his first sack was pretty funny, <laughs> and I I have yet to see an angle that shows me definitively that he touched Russell Wilson at all. And in and, and his second sack, yeah, completely untouched and the fact that he rolled over and just happened to have the football in his chest was a little bit fluky. And yeah, but hey, you know you gotta make the play. Sometimes yeah. it's just your day, you know and and it's, it, just because your number got called and everything went your way doesn't always guarantee that you're gonna make the play. You know we watched Chris Kelsey play for long enough to know that that is 100% <laughs> true. Uh, so but good for him, but' I'm, I'm not like I'm not all aboard the AJ Klein hype train just yet. I'm, I'm a little intrigued by – well, let me – let me actually, we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, I'm also kind of like – you know, we know that the passing defense by the Seahawks – and Suge, you dismissed this out of hand last time. But lest we forget, we also had Dawson Knox and John Brown back. And the dimension that John Brown adds, again, we, we have said it really can't be overstated – he made several incredibly clutch catches for us. He's very clearly Josh's security blanket has been now for the last two seasons. And it just seems like if the, if the offense needs bailed out, that's where we're going every time. And you can't really deny that. I don't know if and Knox had a similar impact. I don't, know, I don't think the ball was even thrown to him on Sunday. But, um, you know, if no, I mean, about, I think that.
3: Everyone's moved on past Dawson Knox as far as I'm concerned. Even, I think even Josh. Josh is looking for Tyler Croft. Tyler Croft had like a touchdown in at, at least I yeah. almost I took Dawson a prop Knox.
1: With, with, Tyler, Tyler Croft's got a nose for the end zone. I almost took a prop bet with him getting a score on Sunday, and I wish I had. Nothing. But John Brown does add a, 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 a reliable dimension to this offense that we will keep pounding that table. We have been now for nearly two years on this podcast. But what intrigues me, and when I found myself wondering several times, and if we were all together and sitting at the bar, we would have had a discussion about it, is Zach Moss our number one running back? Is he, is he, is he the man? Uh, it's kind of hard to tell, and he's looked really good the last two weeks. And I know Devin Singletary is still really good at what he does, and neither of them are world beaters, but Zach Moss has put together two really good games, and he was very solid again on Sunday.
3: I think that uh, Singletary should become our TJ Yeldon I know that sounds really weird But I think that he's got to be the pass catching back Um, I think that he does really well in space He's more shifty than Zach Moss But when the line is not that great at run blocking Granted, improved a ton when John Feliciano came back um, who he's my second go around. Labat Blue MVP is John Feliciano for changing the completely com- complete p- complexion of this offense of this line. But um, I think Singletary, you know, is is not the person when you don't have big holes. He's not going to power through a lot of spaces. He does have heart and he pushes when he's in a pile. But um, I think Zach Moss is just more of a
1: natural at that. And cool. um, but I, I do think that there's a role for, for Singletary. Well, now I say that Moss had nine carries for 18 yards and, and but a touchdown on Sunday. However, Devin Singletary had two carries for one yard on Sunday. So what my eyes were telling me was that Zach was at least carrying the load and, you know, he had nearly five times as many carries.
4: And I, I think, Lars, as a, as a function of, one, Zach Moss getting healthy, but two – um Pure game planning and um, us using Zach Moss so that we can use Devon Singletary in a different way and show these teams different look, put different things on tape. Um, probably like whatever matchup they saw, they saw Zach Moss, uh, things some of the things that they wanted to do, Zach Moss, uh, they believe that he could, it, that he could do and he could deliver in that game, whereas maybe Singletary. Maybe, let's say it was a wash, right? Or maybe Zach Moss was you know slightly had the edge. We might as well might as well keep Zach Moss in there, you know, give him the touches as opposed to Singletary. I don't, I don't, I'm I'm not buying the like a number one or number two. Um, I think that they're uh, and of course your uh, our boy Sean McDermott would would never admit to anything like that. Uh, so they're both playing their one eleventh.
1: I I think that's uh, a spot on top to bottom bill. Well, looks like uh, Billy or excuse me Jeff now has a uh, styrofoam bowl full of chicken pesto. So it may be time to move on to wild card. Uh, you know, we can't can't really. It's it's hard. It's really really hard because we're all in this new environment and we kind of all saw this coming. And the stadium's empty and it just doesn't feel right. But and, you know, it's – watching games feels different now. We're 7-2. and two. Games are not stressful, as we keep saying over and over again, because we're not clinging to every last yard and every last play like it's our last because this team doesn't play in a razor's edge anymore. So it's kind of – we don't really know how to feel about this team, and I think that's okay. Uh, but it sure shit is fun, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm kind of loving watching the Bills throw the ball over the field and watching my quarterback – you know just score whenever you, whenever you damn well pleases it's, it's pretty it's pretty awesome
0: I think that you know the the coaches McDermott talked about what four years ago when he got here, changing the culture for the team from hoping to win to expecting to win, and I think that the interesting part of that is that it has also translated to us as fans mm. You know, we now we now go into these games where we are not just hoping to win because you know I think back to one of the few times that we beat Tom Brady. And it took what five interceptions I think for us to be able to do it, right? Like that's a hoping to win. You hope that you have this off day from from one of the other players, and now Lars, to your point, just think about the teams that this is seven and two. We've played the Rams, the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Seahawks, right? Like, this is this is not a powder – like, the, the powder puff schedule that we had last year where we ra- racked up six or seven wins against, like, the Redskins, the Giants, the Jets, then, the like, the shittier Dolphins. You know what I mean? These are some legitimate, legitimate wins um, that we've racked up, and now we have a chance to go again against the Cardinals here and – We're not hoping to win. Might we lose? Of course. But we're not hoping to win. We believe that we absolutely can win, and that's a big change for Bills Nation.
1: That's right. We got the key to the cool kids party. There isn't a single game that we don't belong in, and it feels great. And yes, correct, you're right. That 2011 game, I had to look it up because you said that, and it felt right, but it also felt weird. Yeah, Brady threw four picks in that game, including one that went for a pick six for Drayton Florence. We all remember the cover of SI that week. Yeah, I mean the the thing is, before we completely
3: leave Lebat Blue, it's we got to think about the fact that this was finally a complete game. Mm-hmm. The offense performed, the defense performed, special
1: teams performed. We played for including a whole,
3: Suge, including Andre Roberts. Who got us yep. going?
1: Who's leading it. the league in punt returns and kickoff return yardage right now? Who? He had a great Who's game.
3: Such? Fine. Uh, Bojo, sorry, <laughs> uh, but but you know not only that, but we also played four quarters. We actually did okay in the third quarter, uh, which was nice. We didn't take the foot off the gas. I mean, we okay for us, we played spectacularly <laughs> in the third quarter, right? We didn't completely take the foot off the gas. We did. I think we scored a touchdown in the third quarter, if I'm not mis- mistaken. Um, and so, you know, that's that's what you need, and you don't let the foot off the gas even when. Uh, Seattle does crazy shit, like scores after two plays, you know, on their comeback when we're up by 21 points, like, and you're just like, whoa, what, what the hell just happened? Like, did he just throw a touchdown to a completely wide open receiver in the end zone? We came yeah. back, we scored a, t- uh, a field goal just to make sure that the door was completely closed. Um, and so it's just, it's nice to see a game where, and, and that's why I really did say that even more so. That granted, of course, I was like freaking out the day we beat the Patriots back when it was with, with Fitzy, right, in two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, So I was freaking out about that. Obviously, I told my wife that it was the best day ever since our marriage. <laughs> um, but uh, but but this one was different because that was a fluke. We weren't a better team than the Patriots. But now looking at it, that when I say that, hey, on our on our best performance versus their maybe one of their best performances. We're better. You know, we have the capability of being better than the best teams in the NFL. Um, And it makes me hopeful that, hey, you know, with a different game plan against Kansas City, maybe we shouldn't have said, let's not get into a shootout against Kansas City, right? maybe we should have said let's blitz the shit out of Patrick Mahomes and see what happens.
1: You, you know? heard to here first, baby. And when we see them in the AFC championship game, that will be the game plan. Yep. You're, and, you, I'm telling you.
4: And Leslie, Leslie Frazier, he's, he's normally pretty forthcoming with his comments. I always enjoy listening to his, uh, his press conferences while not, not exhilarating. I believe he, he does <laughs> offer a little bit more. Um, he's not hiding as much. And, he was pretty transparent with it. I, I, he, you know, he didn't say we had the wrong game plan against Kansas City, but he said we learned from that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we 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 were giving them, we were yielding to some of the, uh, you know, we were, we were yielding to the run, uh, expecting them to be able to get some plays. We just didn't want them to beat us over the top. Um, and yeah, I mean, so it's it's great to hear that honesty, um, and and to see them come out and just. And just wreak havoc. It, it always—it's crazy. It's not a—I it, it, feel like it's not rocket science, man. Like haven't we always just said, like get to the court, just just blitz, especially yeah. especially in today's game because they're not they're not calling uh, holding, right? Right. So yeah, might as well. You might Plus, as well. Plus
1: we've got the horses on the other side of the ball that can keep up. So yep, I, I'm I I have seen no reason to ever play that stupid shell defense ever again. Ever again, Cass. You've been awfully quiet. I was pretty sure you were asleep there for a hot minute. Get us out of this segment.
2: It's a win, and we're on to Arizona.
1: On to
4: Arizona, love it. So I got a little. I got a. Oh shit,
3: Bill. You. Why you gotta do it right to my clink, man? Hold up.
1: Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's, it's the, the wild card! It's getting better every week. This is Bills and Beers. We talk about the bills and do so drinking beer. I am not drinking tonight, because, uh, like I said, I drank a lot last week. Um. But uh, but I don't think I even drank during the game on Sunday again because I had had a lot to drink. But I did have I did have a little gluten break, so I had a little dogfish sixty minute there, Suge sugerino, nice. uh on Saturday. So that that was quite nice. So Cass, how about you? What were you enjoying on Sunday or Monday or today or during work after work?
2: Yeah, I uh, I'm a big fan of a Dunkel I don't know if you guys have ever had one, but it's a it's a it's a dark beer with kind of the sweetness also of a Hefeweiss. Uh, and I don't know if I'm saying this Weis I think is how is the name of it it's a German brewery uh, Weiss. so I had I had one of those and it was it's good and I think Dunkel beers get a bad rap as being a dark beer they're not powerful they're just super good super tasty so with the cold weather coming if you want a dark beer but nothing like that will make your taste buds like jump out of your mouth like an IPA I would go with the Dunkel
3: yeah, there's 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 a bunch of great German darker beers, right? There's um, uh, Kinslager has one that I can't remember what the hell it's called, but um, but like they're like the dark brown, but they're light, like even lighter than a porter. No. but wait, uh,
1: Cass, Cass, don't you drink Guinness? Like you, I I know you don't like the IPAs, but I, I wouldn't really categorize IPAs as dark beers.
2: No, I just think that people usually think that dark beers are heavier and really bold and powerful. in in flavor. And I put that, I personally put that more towards like IPAs. And I think dark beers, like a Dunkel is actually pretty smooth and light, like a Guinness, like a Guinness is super drinkable in my opinion. Yeah. I was
1: going to say, I, I, wouldn't like Guinness was obviously like the first dark beer I had. Um, one, because it's, you don't know anything about beer when you're turning 21 and two, uh, as I've, as I've kind of pointed out before the evolution of the every bar tap lineup when we were turning 21 back in you know whatever yeah. early early 2000s early mid 2000s like you you go to like you'd have to go somewhere to find a tap that wasn't like bud light bud budweiser maybe guinness maybe maybe sierra nevada stella and but and maybe maybe stella and like probably guinness so like guinness was always kind of like among the exotic beers Back in the day, now you go now you go into an Applebee's and they've got like 40 different beers of, of like from like nine different continents. Uh, but I haven't had Guinness in a long time, but it doesn't jump out in my mind as a as a highly potent flavor beer. Like you said, Cassie, very smooth, very drinkable. In spite of it, it is heavy, but it's not like, oh, oh, well, that really hate my taste buds kind of beer.
3: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Punching the face, right? It's not the bitters, right? I think that's the thing with IPAs, right? It's all about the bitterness and the hops and all that other shit. So, but which is um, cast? What which is has a lot of flavor. It's just it's just not. It's a subtle flavor. It's like a chocolate. It's a yeah yeah. You know, which is weird because
2: uh, for uh, for bitters, like I love Campari, which is literally a bitter, like yeah aperitif yeah. digestivo so i don't know if, if if ipas are bitter i'm like it can't it's, it's something else in the flavor profile because i do love a good bitter
3: yeah well Cassie, i mean this was kind this of was, this of was, was when ipas like were still
1: sorry go ahead i can what kind Cassie, of what, did, what kind of wine do you like to drink
2: uh obviously pinots but uh, anything good italian like a barbera or montepulciano um
4: jesus christ yeah, fuck
3: well, No, probably. no, no. But but that's it. That's it. no. That's actually very, very enlightening because those are all kind of lighter, lighter, fruitier wines, right? A Pinot, um, one of the any of the Italian wines, other than maybe Barbera is a little bit heavy. But like, you're not saying like I like a Rioja, you know, nah. or I like a Zinfandel.
2: No, no, no. I'm not a big Cabernet fan. I love a good Bordeaux though. So there you go. That's really just
1: you fancy, girl. That's just you fancy. Billy, bring us back down to earth now. Here with your um, <laughs> and, and tell us tell us about the the profile difference between a Labatt Blue Light in Milwaukee versus a Labatt Blue Light in Buffalo. Since you were just on your way, tell back tell me it doesn't taste different.
3: Tell me it doesn't taste different, and
4: tell me why you didn't bring me some like you promised me. I'll tell you what. I actually did not have any blue while I was in Buffalo.
3: God damn it, Bill. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so I'm pretty useless from this standpoint, uh, from a lot of standpoints. However, uh, I was drinking an Ellicott, uh Ellicottville Brewing uh, cold brew blonde ale, mm. which was uh, delicious. It's great. It was like one of those you know two thirty p.m. Uh, pick me up slash take me down, uh, <laughs> which I always think it's like the Please. juxtaposition between caffeine and alcohol, like at the same time, like the Red Bull vodkas. Like people think it gets them all like you know hyped up or whatever. It's like, dude, that's just. Like no, that's not ha like I don't think that's biologically possible. you tell me, Surge. i uh, I
3: can only tell you based on having been up at five o'clock in the morning jumping up and down after drinking bread Ball and uh, bread Bull and vodka all night uh but uh, so apparently, I think it can okay. happen well, but um,
4: yeah I'd agree to disagree Have you guys had have you had the like the cold brewed
1: nitro coffee from Starbucks?
4: It's incredible, no.
1: It's incredible, but, like, somebody warned me and said, like, you, ha- you like, don't drink it fast because you will get, like, a caffeine rush. And I had to, like, get up from my desk at work and, like, walk around the office. I was so <laughs> uncomfortably buzzed from the caffeine and those damn things. And I was only, like, two-thirds of the way through a small. And I, like, I drink some pretty thick-ass black coffee. That stuff is dangerous.
3: Well, Starbucks— Isn't there something to, like, isn't there something to carbonation makes you absorb things faster?
1: Fuck
4: you, Sujit.
1: <laughs> Somebody should ask a doctor about that. Jeff, coming to you now, and anything, anything exotic, anything exciting down there in Austin this weekend?
0: Hot new hard uh, <laughs> seltzer tip. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I tried the brand High Noon uh, this past week, and uh, quite good. Quite real juice uh, mixed with vodka and uh, water, I guess. And hey,
1: I gotta say, I gotta say, give it a try, give it a try out there. <laughs> Half the calories. Suge, did we go? To, did we talk to you about your? No, because I drank oh, my last two
3: Labatt Blues that I had from Rochester, and Bill promised me that he was going to bring some more. He texted us from the grocery store, and I texted him back, saying, "Bill, you're in the grocery store. You could pick up some Labatt Blue for me. You're driving by my fucking house on the way home. Just stop. I'll meet you at the exit." Did he bring me any manu Lebat blue? No. Now I got to drink the fucking swell ass Labat
4: blue that they have in Chicago. Yeah. So you were we, not. You uh, were not, you're not top of mind we'll for to, me. I, I do love you though.
1: We'll we'll get to our. That's why our, I texted you to remind you. <laughs> we will get to the newest segment of this show here in a minute, where we'll spend a minute or two talking about the Cardinals and where we're placing our money. But before then, speaking of grocery stores and being in Buffalo uh, Billy you had an experience um, that will segue very nicely and inform quite wholly in fact today's wild card so the floor is yours
4: yeah you know I had a nice little Saturday uh, I was just back visiting the family in Orchard Park and uh, in good times overall uh, and obviously I'm going to make a trip trip to Wegmans while I was there it was you know bound to be pretty uneventful uh, get some of the basics Kid needs, kids needed some strawberries and uh, some uh, some of the other staples of our of our diet, which by the way, Wegmans. Every time I go there, it's just incredible. There, I mean, I'm new to the gluten free game, but their set their section of gluten free stuff. I bought like no joke seven or eight different snacks, gluten free snacks. They have Snyder's pretzel Buffalo flavored pretzel bits there. Uh, they have all sorts of uh, delicious like chickpea. Uh like flavor barbecue whatever whatever. Uh it was it, it's awesome. I love wagons. Anyway, so I'm checking out and here I am, I'm walking out the door, and I said, wait a second. Okay, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Like I'm a I'm a big enough fan that I'm pretty sure I know who this is. That's like just about to walk alongside of me. And I look again, I'm like, yeah, definitely. It was the Therminator. So I was like, What's up, Thurman? He's like, hey, man. I was like, hey, man, uh, not bad, right? Pretty, pretty, uh, not a bad, not a bad game. Just like the old days. He's like, yeah, man. I was like, thanks for all you do, dude. He's like, yeah, man, thanks, buddy. And we gave him a little fist bump, right? So it was a very short exchange. Uh, You know, nothing, uh, nothing crazy, but I wasn't running to take any pictures. I wanted to just kind of play it cool. Um, And I was getting in my car and I thought to myself, like, what's Thurman buying at Wegmans? And my guess is that I mean? He's Buffalo through and through. The guy raises you know comes back to Buffalo, raises a fa- raises his family there. He's so ingrained within uh, within our community. Uh, you know we see him on social media posting some crazy stuff. He's always always very involved. So I'm guessing that he had your staples. He had your Webers mustard. He had some Chevetta's in there. He had a chicken finger sub, and he had some Labatt Blue. Uh, maybe some Bison dip, right? I mean, he's just he's just crossing off the list, getting ready for uh, for a standard for for another week uh, for and for another Bills game uh, with it, all of his regular Buffalo stuff. So I guess I uh, you know that poses the question to you guys. We know what Thurman might have in his bag. Think about some other Bills current Bills players. What are you guys thinking that their Wegman's run is looking like?
1: I'll go first because this is all I can think of, and if one of you guys takes it and takes it in a different direction, then I'll have nothing. I love Josh Allen. I I am so glad he's our quarterback. I love what's been going on this week with his grandma and all the donations uh, from Bill's Mafia. I think they're now up over a quarter million dollars. Just incredible. Just an incredible fan base and he's such a wonderful reflection on that. and he is obviously come to embrace the city and the city has obviously embraced him right back. But I am not convinced that he is not a full-blown man boy and that his grocery cart wouldn't be like just full of like not even Doritos, but like like those like rolled up Doritos. And he would have like the family extra large king size pack, and he would have not like not just like Fruit Loops, but he would have like the generic store brand Fruit Loops that come in, in like the dog food size bag that you have to pull <laughs> off the bottom of the shelf. Like that's that's what I'm picturing. Like no milk, only chocolate milk. Um, you know, just <laughs> not a, not a fruit or vegetable to be found. Maybe like one banana that he grabbed, just going through. I like I. I love the guy. I, I do. I do worry that he is just a little bit of a knucklehead. Um. So if if I had if I had to if I had to like point to and this isn't like who's the guy in the Bills with the shittiest cart. It's what what would any of them have? But if I had to say who's got the shittiest cart of any Buffalo Bills player, rookie defensive lineman. Otherwise, it's one hundred percent Josh Allen.
3: Mm, mm, that's very interesting. See, and I was just thinking that, like, you know, he's got the, all the strength and conditioning people. They're going to force him to, like, buy some real food, right? Like, buy, like – but he's going to pick the most boring fucking thing that requires the least amount of work. It's going to be, like, pre preseason chicken breast from the deli counter that all he has right. to do is microwave. And he's going to have – like, he's going to buy their entire tray of it, right? <laughs> like, <'cause that's, laughs> like, they're sick. Like, what do you got? I have 17 pounds of pre preseason cooked chicken breast. <laughs> <laughs> you know like, that's exactly what it is. We're it's just like people are frozen come, vegetables. Like, guys are going to bring their, like you know, like the new girl they're dating over to, like, Josh's house. Like, some other guys on the team, like, Stefan's going to meet some girl in Buffalo, he's going to bring her over. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go over to Josh's house. You know, it's my boy, you know, like, well, that's our quarterback, and blah, blah, blah. They're going to come over, like, yo, Josh, what you got to eat? He's like, oh, uh, I got some chicken breast. I got some Doritos. <laughs> I got <laughs> some like pizza rolls. Nothing in his house to actually host a nice Tocitos. dinner. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I'm exactly. Kidding. And his girlfriend's like, I told him. That's why we always have to go out to eat. So I love it.
1: I love it. Cass, coming so, to you now.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, none other than the head coach, Sean McDermott. and oh,
1: yeah. oh, Jesus. <laughs> the, uh, the other side of the, the spectrum. The opposite end what, <laughs> of the spectrum.
2: What he's going to have is like.
1: It's just nothing but fresh grass and, and lukewarm water.
2: No, he's going to have like <laughs> and seven our, a full different deer brands. Of Heinz, of, of ketchup. He's going to have, like, Heinz and, like, every single, because he's going to be like, well, I love all the brands, man. You know, I love that person. He's, they're so good. They're so good. I can't decide. Like, they're all equal. You know, we're all equal. He, like, never has a perspective or a point of view or, like, really a passion, like, when he talks about anything. So he's just going to be the most generic person, and he's just going to choose. He's not going to be able to choose. He's going to be like, well, there's seven choices. I'm just going to take them all. Oh, I'm just going to take them all. And they're just going to load up an entire. I really
4: respect what Heinz is doing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, look at that. They came out with a new product. Yeah, I should try that. They're they're, they're good. So.
3: Yeah, we had some great great games at Heinz Field. And so, you know, I got to respect that
1: brand. I I, I, I do love the idea. I, I love the full deer suge. I don't want that. I don't want that. (laughs) <laughs> get lost. That was, yeah, um. I mean, Cassie, I love the
3: fact that he is – like, I would love that – so my my wife's family is obsessed with ketchup. I don't understand. They, like – I mean, somehow how I know they're also black people. Like, they love them some ketchup. I don't know. Um, I think that's a thing. Is it a thing? It might not be a thing. Maybe no, it's just a it's Filipino not. brown it's thing. It's not. It's a <laughs> it's Filipino like, thing. It? <laughs> Josh, Jeff has his hands up and be like, "I'm not touching that. I'm half brown, so I can say if y'all, if I like some ketchup, y'all got to like some ketchup too." I, I think mayo's a thing, but, but can that's I, a different can whole I, can thing. Can I interject one one quick? Wait, on wait, wait I just want I want to complete that thought. I love the fact that. McDermott has this weird thing about ketchup, right? Like, that's that's his one big quirk. He's so fucking square-pegged all the rest of the time. Like, he's always just, like, fitting the thing, eating chicken breast, eating broccoli, you know? And, yes, I will say that in his cart he has an entire fucking leg of a deer, right? Like, that he's just going to go home and smoke or cure, like, salt cure. And then, like, every morning he's just going to scrape a thing off the edge and just eat the jerky on the way to work. So that's that's that's
1: McDermott. But what were you saying, Lars? So it's very specific to this conversation, and it may help some of you inform yours. You said, "Is that a thing?" Well, I, I can only tell you from firsthand experience some of the condiment choices that I was subjected to during my days working on the south side of Chicago, uh, where uh, f- Doritos exclusively, like the spicy hot Doritos, were always always paired with hot sauce, which yep. I th- which yep. like. Yep when i said like what's this and they're like you don't put hot sauce in your doritos and i was like N- no the there's plenty of flavor there on their own but by, like the 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 most eyebrow raising experience i ever had was when one of my coworkers and again i was the only person of my race working in this office brought in his homemade mac and cheese and i took a piece obviously everyone was saying how delicious delicious it was and and I was like, "Okay, I'll try it. obviously, yeah, it looks I love mac and cheese. So I'm eating some of the mac and cheese and I I got a couple bites in, and I was like, "Well, that's weird. that's a that's a flavor I wasn't expecting." And I said, "Hey, what what am I what am I tasting? What is that flavor?" And this guy was like, "Well, what do you mean?" And I was like, well it's it's like sweet. Is there something sweet in here?" And he said, "Yeah. That's the maple syrup, and I said, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, you don't you don't eat maple syrup with your mac and cheese." And I was like, "I uh, no, uh, but I will politely finish this giant piece of mac and cheese that I helped myself to, and hate every last bite of it." Uh, Jeff, coming to you now.
0: I mean this. You're... This entire segment is just brutal for me tonight. as my As my dinner arrived about thirty minutes ago, and I've just been, I've just been. It's waiting for me at the conclusion of the pod, and now we're talking about delicious food. I mean, I'm gonna go with where all the good stuff and the candy is, which is the single, the big boys who are single, and we're mm. talking we're talking offensive line, maybe defensive line, and so it's sort of like pick your poison. I'm gonna go with our boy Ed Oliver. You know, he's 24. He's riding horses. You know, he's got some some sour patch kids, some goodies, some snacks. He's got he's got the whole thing, and so. That's who I'm riding with, and uh, I'll go have some. I'll go have some sweets.
1: I keep picturing like a lot of like prepackaged ice cream bars, like just a lot of ice cream bars, of like yeah. all different kinds of flavors. Suge, did we do you yet? No, I. And
3: Oliver also has a gun in the cart, right? Is that? Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's my thing. I'm gonna go with the veteran presence. I'm going with Jera Hughes, right? And I'm gonna give myself, uh, not myself, but my, my hometown a little a little shout out. I think that it's a Wegmans, and I think that's the important thing. Yes, it might be in Buffalo, but it's a Wegmans, which means it's born of Rochester, New York. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. And Jerry's the only one that spent enough time in Rochester when they go do their training camps there to fall in love with a little bit of Rochester food. So I think that rather than getting the Salem's hot dogs, I think Jerry sneaks in a Zweigel's hot dog here and there. I think uh, Jerry goes and gets the hot sauce from Bill Gray's um, and so he can make himself a little meat sauce. And I think he puts it all together and makes himself a little trash blade at home. And so I think that there's I think I think that Jerry gets his Rochester favorites that he misses other than when he's at
1: training camp. And I just want to clarify for our listeners that Ed Oliver has a gun because he's country. That's what Suge meant. That's right. (laughs) Uh, and I will.
3: Oh also... God! Yes. No. Oh my God! Yes. No. I did not mean. Yes, it's not yes, like mayonnaise. Exactly. Okay. It's different.
1: <laughs> okay. And, and uh, but I will. Is, is if we're on the if we're on the topic of regional uh, bills, uh, broadcast area hot dogs, I'm afraid that Salins and whatever this crap you're talking about from Rochester, right out the so window. So good. Zweigel's hot, baby.
3: We've got the White Hots and, and the Red Hots.
1: For our couple dozen listeners in Erie, Pennsylvania, thanks in large part to my mother, talking up our podcast to literally anybody she sees in a Bill's hat, <laughs> Bill's bumper sticker, doesn't matter what. She and she tells me, she's like, I got you a new fan. Thanks, Mom, and thanks for listening if you are, but uh, they will agree. I'm here to tell you, Smith's Hot Dogs all the way. Spend a summer in their meat packing freezer, packing them shits. Uh, they are the best hot dogs anywhere near the Buffalo Bills, and if you haven't haven't already experienced them, yeah, Jeff's giving a thumbs up; he knows it's true too. Uh, Billy, take us home. So your your category, your call.
4: Oh no, I thought mine was just Thurman. <laughs> <laughs> perfect,
1: perfect, <laughs> perfect. Right, even better because Jeff's yeah. ready to eat. Um, so yes, uh, new segment on the show. We were all in. Last week, uh, we didn't have a chance to talk about it on the pod. We did get some of our money back and we did go back to our boy Gabe Davis to get a touchdown. Woo! He got the touchdown. And what was it? It was the parlay. Uh, what was the parlay? And for the bills to cover over 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 bills no, that it was over 26, 26
4: points,
3: points. Right.
1: bills. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think we, we all... had that in like
3: the first quarter.
1: Yeah, no, that was that was some of the it was one of the easiest. Then I, so I think we all won what like seventy eight bucks. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know yet what we're gonna do. I would like to parlay it again, and I like the suggestion of going a Stephon Diggs touchdown in this one. If for no other reason, because Stephon Diggs actually isn't leading the NFL in receiving right now. He is in raw yards, but not in yards per game. There are several people in front of him. One of which is deandre hopkins and i i just have a feeling that this may turn into at some stretch of the game the deandre v stefan game and and i like stefan finding the end zone and we'll find a spread or an over under to pair that with um and we'll we'll go around the horn to see who's in who's out this week i like that a lot uh, but predictions for this, this Cardinals game, I'm liking the Bills' chances here. I think that coming off a big emotional win, especially for Josh Allen, is dangerous. It is, however, their last game before the bye, so I like that they may be just willing to kick down the door to go in, but they are going out to the West Coast, and they're playing a team that's coming off a sore loss. So, you know, this could go either way, but I do also really like our chances against a young quarterback, and I think the Bills, as as... As Jeff said earlier, we can go into this game expecting a win. They may lose; that would be mm-hmm. okay. If, if they lose, I hope it's in a shootout. But I think we're game. I think we are prime for another fun one this Sunday. Although it's a goddamn four o'clock game, uh, I like the Bills in this one. anybody anybody not feeling good about this game?
2: I mean, we're undefeated on Sundays, so we'll keep that streak going. And can we just mm. just say that this is? possibly the greatest Sunday football ever, Sunday Sunday of sports. We watch the Masters, the Masters. in the morning. Ooh. The fact that we're the late yeah. game, it's perfect. It's going to be the greatest <laughs> day ever. Like, mess.
1: Will the Masters be wrapped by then? Yeah,
2: so CBS yes. is early broadcast. Uh, they have the broadcast rights, so they don't have an early game in football. They have the late game. So they are going to be wrapped up by 3 p.m. central to then have football. I am stoked! I cannot wait.
1: Wow! 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 First, she lifts off Italian wines, <laughs> then she then she talks about her pure, uh, unadulterated love for televised golf. Ladies and gentlemen, the lovely Miss <laughs> Cassie Hutton. Love it! I feel good you about do you. Labat Bat
4: La ba- La ba- La ba- ba- Blue MVP.
0: I think that um, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm expecting to win. If we, if we don't, you know, no 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 issues, but. I just think that this this offense in particular when John Brown is on the field, which we talked about previously, and the weather conditions are good. Mm. This offense and we're and, and so in this instance I expect both of those to be true. We're of course playing inside a dome, so perfect weather conditions, and, and and all the offense appears to be healthy. When those two things happen, this offense has shown the ability this year to be very, very, very good. Um, and I expect more of that to continue.
1: I'm going to suggest we add a Josh Allen uh, stat to our parlay, if that's the case, because I'm with you there. I, I took the over on Josh Allen, one and a half touchdowns this past week. Free money. Well, you heard it here first. A lot to be thankful for, Bills Nation. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry for being a day or two late, and for being otherwise um, not like jacked up and in a bar and half drunk or fully drunk and, and spitting about these bills but we're don't be don't be mistaken we are we are absolutely thrilled with what we're seeing and we hope you are too um, so gang uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be together in spirit and together in, in group chat on Sunday uh, and until then go bills go bills the bills make me wanna Shout!